0: So what time does seven o'clock meeting start? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. So welcome to New Freedom, welcome to Position of Neutrality. We've been starting every session this year with a prayer, and tonight we are honored to have Pastor Justin Prue open us up with a prayer.
1: Good evening, everybody. I would like to start tonight out first by honoring Joe and Denise McDonald. The reason I do that is because I've known them for quite some time, and uh, a wise man once told me, when you see God bless somebody, you say, thank you, and me too, Lord. So I've watched God bless them, both of them, and I've watched them come out of poverty um, into a land of abundance, and i watched them become influential in uh, high circles right now. So I think that's important because I think that is where God wants to take every single one of us, every single person in this room. Um, He asked me to pray. Come on, that's... When he asked me to pray, there's one thing that I couldn't shake, and, and it was that. Um, and there's one way to get there, and it's to honor somebody that's there and never complain about where you're at in the process. So I want to make a few decrees over ourselves. So please repeat after me: I am the head and not the tail. I will land and not borrow. I am above and not beneath. I am blessed in my coming in, in in. and and I am blessed in my going out. Now, Father, I thank you for every single man and every single woman, every single child, every single family represented here, here in this room, and I pray right now. For them, generationally, from this day forward, that poverty will never rest in their family again. From this day forward, they will be blessed. They will not know the curse. From this day forward, they will be a new creation, Father. They will land and they will not borrow. And I bind up every spirit of poverty that sits on any person in this room right now. From this day forward, I decree you are a new creation. You will go forth into the land of the living. You will enjoy the fruit of the blessing of God from this day forward. Your life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen,
0: hallelujah, woo! We're we're hoping to get him over his shyness sometime soon. So... One more piece of business, Tim is in the house, he graduated yesterday, wanted to shout out. And to the rest of you, uh, just a warning, what we do here, we've been doing for a lot of years, but you may perceive it just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships and obviously we open with a prayer and we do some things that people don't see and we don't do it to offend, but we do, do it to show you who we are. And um, So what we do here is we take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? Yeah, the process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work by addicts of the hopeless variety, right? So tonight we're going to take a look at steps 10 and 11, and they probably are steps that have been confused over the years. People don't understand what the... The depth of the author's experience and and the level of the instruction in here, so we hope to awaken you to some of that. But it's about walking consciously with your Creator, if that makes sense to you. Any of you ever have the experience of being attacked in your thought life? Like everything's reasonably okay and all of a sudden it's not? And nothing's really changed except perhaps your attitude? Okay so this is what these AAs learned about putting the practices they learned in four through nine into discipline and walking consciously. Fair enough? So we're going to start on the bottom of page 83 and we're going to go back to what a lot of people in recovery rooms, particularly in AA, have come to believe are the promises or the ninth ninth step promises but they call them the promises or the 12 promises and we want to call your attention that they're really not the promises, the book is full of promises and conditions, but these are the ninth step promises because they're telling you of states of being that you will become aware of as you grow in consciousness with your creator. Does that make sense? So we're gonna start with those promises and see if you can relate and then we'll wind into the instruction. So it says, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. So halfway through with what? He doesn't have all the answers. Anyone agree? (laughs) Sean's been answering for a long time. So four through nine is where we learn our disciplines. And then everything we learn in four through nine is what we put into practice on the regular in the rest of the manner of living. Does it make sense? Okay. So it says we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. So we want to contemplate what's new mean. And depending on where you are in your journey, do you know a new freedom and a new happiness? What does new mean? Unlike anything I've experienced before. So they're not talking about freedom from chemical or freedom from alcohol or freedom from substances, but they're talking about that which I asked for in three. Relieve me of the bondage of self. How many of you have found that you're no longer as limited in your thinking as you once were? Come on! I would hope everyone here is starting to see as you're walking into this new manner of living that, in fact, thank you, William, in fact, you you actually have a lot of potential in front of you, promise in front of you. Yes. And your past did not define you. What you do from here is how you'll be known. Is that making sense? That's what it feels like to be relieved of the bondage of self. Okay. And the new happiness comes with realizing I'm not stuck where I once thought I lived. Yes? Okay. All right, and then it says, we'll not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. Ask yourself who the we is. The first 100. So by this phase of their development, they're well into the manner of the living. They're looking back at their states of being. Why would I not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it? That's what, that's what levels the playing field between me and the guy still stuck. Right? The whole model of this place. We could educate people beyond education limits, and we still wouldn't have credibility. But when we have lived experience and we can show you an example, you're listening. Yes? Especially if you knew some of us prior. Oh, yeah. Certifiable. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. So we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Look at the words they use comprehend and know. How does one comprehend a state of being such as serenity? To comprehend it, I would have to experience a state of being, right? Because it's so elusive to describe. Does it make sense? So they're talking to us about where you are in your spiritual fitness. So if you can get it, how does one know peace? They're not talking about an intellectual knowing. How many of you didn't know peace until one day you experienced peace? So that's the experience of these nine-step promises. That's what we're calling to your attention. So then it says, no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. More of the same, right? And some of us have gone a long way down the scale. How many of you guys came from the inside, men and women came from the inside, and you were there for a long time, and you figured out somewhere in that time that your time was going to be better spent trying to help people get out and stay out? And made that existence better, correct? Okay. Then it says that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. When did that happen? When you started using your past as an asset to help another, all of a sudden, not only was that not useless, but my time in this moment is not useless. Does that make sense? Okay. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. How many of you have noticed that that happened when you weren't a terribly social creature at one time? Any of you... Didn't enjoy the experience of people at one time and you've grown to do better? Okay. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude now look upon life will change. How many of you have started to see that? Yeah, because we see fewer obstacles and we recognize the obstacles as the path instead of obstacles. That, that was placed there to perfect me for the next level. Right? Make sense? Okay. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. Now go Be careful with that one. They didn't say economic insecurity would leave us. They said fear of economic insecurity would leave us. And I would challenge you, the fact that that does leave us is because we experience a fair amount of economic insecurity. And so when we find out we can survive it, I can do all things through him, then... Once that fear is gone, I'm, I'm truly free, right? All right. And then it says, we'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. How many of you have discovered that? And we'll suddenly realize that God is doing for us. That yeah, was really good. Who did that? God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And then it says, are these extravagant promises? So we recite after them, we think not, but that's the we. But think of it as the guy, not the guy who's experienced them, but the guy who's never experienced any of that freedom that we just went through. Because they're trying to say, look, we know this sounds like a lot of crap. I mean, think who wrote the book. They were hopeless alcoholics. We are prone to exaggeration. So they're trying to call to our attention that although, yes, this is extravagant, you serve an extravagant power. And, and this is their witness, okay? So that's what they're telling you. They will always materialize if we work for them. So what would the work be? Well... We've done four through nine, and now we're gonna stay in discipline because the real work is salvation, transformation. But in order to do that, I have to get my judgments out of the way, which is why I'm gonna grow in conscious contact. Does it make sense? Okay. So then it says this thought brings us to step 10. What thought? These promises will always materialize if we work for them. So it's always risk and reward. That all sounds weird, but I want that freedom, so if I want that freedom, I'm going to have to go offer myself to another. Okay? Which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. So if I'm going to continue, when did I start? I learned how to take a personal inventory when I was shown how to do a step four, right? So they're going to continue to do that. Now, not necessarily with a pen and pencil, but now I know how my self manifests based on fear, right? Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows. And the whole point of the inventory was proving to myself, yep, that's me. Right? Okay. So now I can do that on the fly, hopefully, right? All right. So, And then it says... We continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. So when did I learn how to set right new mistakes? Well, I was learning how to set right old mistakes based on what I learned in my inventory, how I treated people and who I had resentments towards and those types of things, yes? And then it says I do it as I go along. How many of you discovered that's when we screw stuff up? It's as we go along. So let's not pile it up anymore. This is a new manner of living. Okay, so we vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So don't take my word for it. They're telling you this is the new manner of living. When did they talk to us about a manner of living before? How many of you remember that hopeful chapter, How It Works? They told us who did not recover. Who did not recover? They were naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. And we took a look at what that rigorous honesty was. It wasn't about anything out there. It was about what was going on in me. Starting to sound like a plan that would work? Because we want to stay with you guys as long as you can follow it out here. It says, We have entered the world of the Spirit. Now, it did not say some of us have entered the world of the Spirit to a man. The first 100, half of them atheists or agnostics, the other half believers dying in their alcoholism. We have entered the world of the Spirit. So you might ask yourself, what would it be like to enter the world of the Spirit? Well, that's why you'd want to know what those nine-step promises said. I don't regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. I've lost interest in selfish things and gained interest in my fellows. I comprehend serenity, and I know peace. Starting to make sense? It okay. says so our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So understanding of what, effectiveness at what? How many of you, as you went through your four-step inventory, learned a little about you? How many of you, as you went through that same process into five, learned a little about whoever helped you with that? How many of you as you started to feel the flow of the Spirit in you and someone pointed out to you that that you're feeling, that's the power we call God. Learned a little bit more about what all these religious people have been talking about all this time. Anyone like me that didn't ever know when we prayed that we were really praying to a power within us and that was tangible power and relevant to my life? because that, That's what happened to me. I awakened to that. Okay. So then we're going to talk about this. It says it's not an overnight matter. There is a process, and there's a process to go through to start to awaken, and then there's a process to walk and serve and fully awaken, if it makes sense. And then the job is to discipline my thought life so that I can stay awake a higher percentage of the time. And you know how you'll know when you're not awake spiritually? you'll think things in the world are causing how you think and feel. Because the world has no power to cause how you think and feel. It simply reflects how you're thinking and feeling. It's kind of cool to know that. It it doesn't help because we still fall asleep. (laughs) If knowledge was the answer, many of us would have recovered long ago. Consciousness is not knowledge, it's awareness of being aware of a power in and on me that is not of me. Does that make sense? Okay. So our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. says to continue. When did I learn to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear? I learned what it was showing me in step four, and I contend to the rest of you that I was pretty good at spotting selfishness, dishonesty, and resentment and fear in you all my life. My problem was I always thought it was you, and I hadn't read that other little book that said, hey, how can you see the speck in your brother's eye when you can't see the plank in your own eye? Better you should remove the plank from your eye so you can better see to help your brother." See, the plank in my eye is my perspective. And my insanity, according to these authors, is an appalling lack of perspective. Does it make sense? So this discipline is to get that plank of perspective out of my eye because it cannot help you if I'm judging you. And I am in no position to judge you because it took a savior to save me. All right, so then it says, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, notice how they didn't say if these crop up. If you're human, they're going to crop. Any of you ever had it crop up on you? So when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. Very good. Very good. Power. There you go. We ask power at once to remove them. So we're clearly talking about our thoughts and not the people, aren't we? So I'm going to continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear in my thought life. And when these crop up, take captive that thought, set it aside, and figure out what I can do to help. Okay. And then it says, we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone as we go along, right? See how we're now doing all the four through nine on steroids right here in the, okay? Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Resolutely turning my thoughts means they're not causing it, I'm here to serve, remove that thinking, how can I help? Does that make sense? Resolutely. And that, folks, depending on where you got your AA taught to you, is the principles we practice in all our affairs, not the long list that Bill wrote 15 years later. We're not mad at Bill for writing a book, but he just wrote a book, and you had to sell it, so he wrote a bunch of principles in there so he could give you a lesson to learn. But the principles are here. You know why I know? Because this book was written 15 years earlier, and it was agreed upon by the experience of the first 100 authors. So what are the principles we practice in all our affairs? Watch, ask, discuss, turn. Does it make sense? Okay. Then it says, love and tolerance of others is our code. How many of you didn't know we had a code? <laughs> love what? Tolerate what? Yeah. Love the people. Tolerate the symptoms of their malady. Right? And what are the symptoms of their malady? Selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, much like mine. That's why I recognize them so well. Okay? Okay. All right, so that was another set of promises. Remember I told you there's some other promises, lots of them? This is another level of consciousness. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. So in two, I was just hoping for that. If I've carefully followed directions, it's occurred by now. And what was the insanity? It it, it is in the beginning taking a drug or a drink when I know it's not safe to do so. But what the author said, it's an appalling lack of perspective, inability to think clearly. Any of you ever made a firm decision not to ever use a gun? Then perhaps thought you had overreacted? says, we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. They're telling you something about spiritual fitness that you may not be aware of until you respond appropriately to these experiences. So they're saying you'll seldom be tempted, so you're not going to be running around looking for familiar activity. Do I have any real addicts in the house? (laughs) Like we, we sort of can smell it. So that seldom will we be tempted, but if tempted, we'll recoil as from a hot flame. Where are my people who just used right to the, I mean, locked up, chained up, dragged off, don't stop. Let me up again, I'm doing it again. And then one day you got a little further in your development and it was offered to you and you're like, whoo. Not me. If that's not happen, happening for you, there's something to matter with your spiritual status. That's why these promises are important. In fact, if you're fighting anything or anyone outside of you, there's something the matter with your spiritual status. Does it make sense? Okay. All right, says so we react sanely and normally, and we'll find that this has happened automatically. How many of you have gotten to that point in your growth that although I'd love to take credit? For where the turn my life has taken, it's absolutely impossible for me to do that with any credit. I I am not a credible witness to tell you what I did to get sober, much less stay sober, because I didn't. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And it happened automatically. In fact, it happened before I realized what was happening to me. We'll see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. How many of you have got to the point where you don't think about it at all anymore and you used to think about it 24-7? And when you see other people doing it, you don't really judge them. You may not hang out with them because, especially drunks, they are no fun to hang with. Not when you ain't one. <laughs> and tweakers, do we need to remind you how annoying you are? Apparently not. All right. So, no thought or effort on our part; it just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we'd been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. That people ask me all the time, "Where the name of that meeting come from?" P.O.N. Right there. We feel as though we'd been placed in a position of neutrality safe and protected. And some of you are feeling that right now. As I, How many of you came in here, realized where you were? Someone told me that today. He said, I knew from the minute I walked in here that my life was never going to be the same. Right. <laughs> and any of you following us online, you don't understand. A lot of these people come here after doing a lot of time. They come in here and dress blues, and they're still walking tight and stiff, with their hands behind their back, and the first thing that happens to them is someone says, welcome home! And they go, what the fuck does he want? (laughs) Am I lying? Where's my members here? But eventually, you know it's genuine. There's not a person here that doesn't mean it. We, uh, we built this place for you because we knew you were coming, and I'll guarantee you generations of people are going to get well because of what you're doing here right now. And that's why we call it a position of neutrality, because it's tangible, right? We live in a world of action-reaction at the cellular level to find that you no longer have to react, that you can allow things to be, means you've been raised above the laws of this world. Make sense? Okay. So we've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. So what's the problem? Right. Those manifestations are self-driven by fear. How many of you are less afraid today? How many of you have noticed you behave better when you're less afraid? It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. So they're really telling us what we really had was a fear problem, and that fear problem manifested into a control addiction. We weren't really addicted to so much chemicals as we're addicted to control. Tried to control my emotional nature, tried to control my thought life, and if I can't control it, I'll just change my reality. Or I'll just get comatose, and I don't have to change my reality. I'll just... Anyone know what I'm talking about? And the only substance in the known world that can treat a control addiction is a little substance called faith. (laughs) And that's what we're trying to pass on to you. Activate your faith. You have it or you wouldn't have got here. Okay? So that is our experience. Notice how they didn't say that's our opinion. This is the first 100. This is their experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So if I'm not reacting that way, I don't have to go any further than the first one to see that I need to do something about my spiritual condition. Make sense? It's not a judgment. It's just I'm in charge of keeping... That thought life in check. Yes? Okay. All right, so it says it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. So, what are our laurels? Yeah, past accomplishments. So, it is easy. Okay. We're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We're not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. What do they mean when they say we have a daily reprieve? <laughs> do you get what he's saying? That's, that's self-talk. I'm not going to kill me today and take you with me. But I, lived a, I walked and lived a dead man. Anyone re- relate to what I'm talking about? And I'm not that dead man anymore. I'm alive and I am new. Yes? So I can't rest on my laurels, and this freedom is contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And now we're going to start walking our way through how that maintenance is achieved. Does it make sense? So every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into very good power. God's will into all of our activities. Which ones? All All of them. And I've got to carry that vision. Now, you may think they left us hanging and we don't know what God's vision is, but God's vision is whatever's going on. Remember, I have that plank in my eye called perspective. So it's not the great mystery that you think. God's will is not such a mystery to discern. Whatever's going on, that's it. His will has no opposite. But I may be there as a change agent, but I can't do it by judging. I'm going to have to get in line with it and move into it. Does that make sense? Okay. And that's going to require all these prayers and disciplines and understanding how myself manifests and all these things. Yes? So I've got to carry that vision into all my activities. And they told me back in the step nine prayer about every day is the day we we ask God to show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. So if that's not what I'm seeing, then I need to check back in because I'm walking in that light. Does that make sense? Okay. so then it says this is what they do. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. Now, they put the not mine in parentheses. If you don't have a book, you'll have to take my word for it until you get home. Check your book. But I call that to your attention because we hear a lot of people stop growing at about this point point. The not-mines in parentheses because of what I just told you. God's will has no opposite. There's not God's will in my will. There's God's will in my opposition to it. I have to take every moment, good or bad, as if I chose it, if I want to be prepared for where I'm going. Does that make sense? How many of you have lived long enough to know sometimes stuff comes... And I know what it's going to look like, and I know what it's going to feel like, and I don't want to go through it. And I suffer for weeks not wanting to go through it, and then when I finally go, looks like I'm going through it, one day I'm on the other side. So it was never, it was never about the event, it was all about the doubt in the process. Right? Okay. So it says, these are thoughts which must go with us constantly. When? Constantly, because my thought life gets attacked constantly. I live in a world of illusion, and I want to control illusions. You say, why do you say you live in a world of illusion? At the cellular level, we're all action-reaction, tiny little molecules whirling around at incredible speed. In fact, we're one big field of them. But we... We think we're this skin suit. And I think you're that skin suit. But we know scientifically that's not true. We even know biblically that's not true. Yes? Okay. So it says we can exercise our willpower along this line. All we wish, it's the proper use of the will. So the proper use of the will is taking captive my thought and getting on board with what I'm getting ready for. How many of you learned how to do time that way? every one of you that did didn't you this sucks okay here we go okay much has already been said about receiving strength inspiration and direction from him who has all knowledge and power how much nothing new under the sun right so if i need knowledge of what to do where am i going inward Right? How many of you sought opinions, when opinion shopping? Yeah. So the new manner of living is going to require full knowledge that the answers for me are in me. And even if they run afoul of you, my job isn't to be disrespectful of you, but nonetheless, the answers for me are in me. And I need to know that about you as I'm going to go out to serve, because a lot of us get here and we want somebody else to tell us what to do. I know we say we don't, but we do. I want to have someone else responsible for what's about to happen. (laughs) Anyone know what I'm talking about? But dude, I'll help you pray. I'll help you go inward. I'll I'll shelter you while you go inward. I'll cry with you. I'll probably cry before you cry. But the the outcome of it is if we don't get you to the truth, you are going to suffer. And it'll be you, not me. But my part in that is I never told you the truth in the first place. And I don't want to be that guy. Okay. so if we have carefully followed directions, we've begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. You see how they're talking very clearly now? This isn't minced language. They're talking about a tangible experience. Half of them atheists or agnostics to begin with. And they've carefully followed directions. And they have felt his spirit into them. Does that make sense? And guys, it's okay if people don't want to believe it. it. It's fine. But if we're showing them and telling them and we're in the spirit, they will feel it and we call it to their attention. I had a guy say, I don't believe any of this. I said, tell your arm your hairs are all standing up. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just telling you whether you believe in God does not dictate God's belief in you. So it says to some extent we become God conscious. So we become power conscious to some extent. Now, why would I have a manner of living that would improve consciousness? Because none of us have ever... We don't get to rooms like this because we're satisfied with some extent. I need maximum force. Have you ever been that guy that said, the floor is the limit. (laughs) Fuck no. Give it all to me. So we're going to walk it out. and And the walking out is getting disciplined in the prayer and meditation life and serving because I'll always have access to power greater than me, more power than I need when I offer it to another. Does it make sense? Okay. So we must go further and that means more action. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. Why prayer and meditation? How many of you did a lot of asking and no listening? So you're going to have to get to this stage of your development where you have those quiet moments and then you're going to realize when people talk to you about when God told me that they're not making that up. We we just learn to listen. but Not because something happened in me. That's all I can tell you. But I, I'm telling you all that are here in this place, five years ago, just to telling you something about, I'm living in a condo about 800 square feet with the floor coming up and there were, taking my cars, and people that knew me are going, why don't you go get a job, drive a cab, you lazy son of a bitch? (laughs) I'm not kidding you. And and I said to Justin that day, I said, you know what? God told me to take that lifer, Joe Chappetta, and help him do what he wanted to do. And I can't not do that because I was told so clearly. And Justin said to me, how do you know that's what was said to you? And I said, I don't, I guess, for sure. But what I do know is I am either the butt of the biggest joke in the universe or God's going to do something to restore his people. And there are not very many of them laughing now. <laughs> so that's just the real story. Okay, so we shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. Notice how they keep talking about constantly as we go along. How many of you just lapsed at a guy call me? Any of you guys sponsoring guys? I got a guy I'm sponsoring. This dude never had a job, never had a home, never had nothing. And then he came through here. He had to go through a couple times. And now he's running a crew out on a paint thing. First time he's worked in his life, he's 37 years old. And he's calling me and he's going, man, I've really been struggling. And my boss said I had to call you. I said, well, you're out there pretending to be normal again, weren't you? I said, how's your prayer life? He goes, oh, needs some work. There you go. So what do you want to do about that? He goes, well, I guess I could do a little more prayer. I said, well, you can either do a little more prayer or you can do a little more suffering. Do what you gonna do, you boo. You know what I mean? So anyway, if we have the they're using it constantly, it works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So what's the proper attitude? They told us that in the very beginning when they were talking about bills handing off and what have you. We pick up this simple kit of spiritual tools. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. So it's never required any more of you. Your creator does not require any more of you than to honestly want to and be willing to make the effort. And, and if you don't do that because of the polite nature of this power... You simply won't grow in consciousness. You won't grow in relationship. So this idea that we fake it till we make it, we learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost self. This is the first step in recovery. can't do that based on a lie. i got to know it's a tangible sensory experience, and I've got to honestly want to improve my awareness of awareness and my awareness of being aware of that power in and on my life. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Yes? Okay. All right, so yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. Would you like some definite and valuable suggestions from the first 100 who have recovered? All right, said when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. How many of you have found that when you retire at night, sometimes you destructively review your day? Or perhaps destructively review someone else's day? So the changed behavior is that What they did is when they got to the end of the day, they did a little review, constructively. Okay, And then it says, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Isn't that interesting? They were looking for the very Satan things they were supposed to be watching for all day as they went along. So they've already told us that it's easy to let up on this spiritual plan of action and rest on our laurels. And so now they're telling me, look, all of us are going to do this because we're not saints. The point is we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. So since I didn't keep it clean all day, if I want to rest well tonight, I need to clean it up now. Okay? So then it says, do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? So you see how they've tied the fifth step back into the discipline. How many of you have found you don't always have to talk to another person? You can often talk to the power within you, and you can reconcile it and move on. How many of you have tried that, and you're just stuck in the cycle, and that son of a bitch, that son of a bitch, and found you had to talk to somebody else and find your spot in the spin? So they're making it clear to you, whatever is required, this is about you and your relationship. You're still going to think like you, but you're going to act more like him. That's the promise. The new man within you. Does it make sense? Yes. I still think like Joe, but I'm often empowered to act kinder than I feel. Why? Because a power greater than me lives in me. Does it make sense? Okay. So what could we have done better? How many of you finally taking ownership? Look, I didn't do that very well, and I'm going to go own it. Yes. And it was something that we were I don't know about you, but I was incapable of doing that. I'll just avoid you, or make up a whole new story about you. (laughs) Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time, or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? But we must not, or we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. So if I'm wanting to beat up on you, that's not correct. But I'm a people too, so it's also not correct to beat up on me. I'm supposed to offer myself to another, share my burden, let them help me cast it out. That will develop humility. Does that make sense? How many of you had a hard time asking for help and then eventually got resentful because everyone was always asking you for help, but you never needed anything? And when we really grow in the spirit, we realize, no, I just wasn't humble enough to ask for help. I had people willing to help me all along, but I put on such a face they wouldn't even approach me. I knew how to back them up. Anyone else? Some of you still know how to back us up. (laughs) You blow through here looking all kind of angry. All right. So after making our review, we ask God's forgiveness. We ask powers forgiveness. A lot of times over the years, I've heard people talking about, "I just can't forgive me." Please don't get caught in forgiveness is a divine act. I need God's forgiveness, and once I know I have God's forgiveness, then I'm an instrument of that forgiveness. If I forgive me, then I'm not. I'm still regretting the past. What would I forgive me for? I was insane. not an excuse, it's a fact. And I've been restored from that insanity for the very purpose of telling you what it is to be insane so you know I know and I am now not that man. Does that make sense? Okay? So, after making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measure should be taken. How many of you have noticed once you get into that repentant state, all of a sudden you know intuitively, what you need to do to correct it, yeah. or at least to start to correct it. We may not correct it right away. We may not, there's some harms we can never fully right, right? Okay. So then it says, on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking. We ask power to direct our thinking. You guys are doing really good tonight, at least some of you, of course. over there. The rest of you are like, what are these guys doing? We ask power to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So what's that look like? God, please direct my thinking, especially that it be divorced of self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Doesn't sound too King james does it? Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Very good. So the brain God gave you is the very brain you were intended to have. So there's, there's nothing wrong with you. We need to tell you that. Pick up your mat and walk. Get on board with what is, right? So under these conditions, absent selfishness, right? Dishonest thinking... I can employ my mental faculties. Does that make sense? And if I'm employing my mental faculties, then my thought life is working for me, and I'm working for the creator. Does that make sense? Okay. Otherwise, here's the deal. Here's the alternative. If my brain is not working for me as a tool, I am working for my brain as a tool. I've even had people explain to me, Joe, you're a tool. Any of you had the similar experience? Because if the brain is not put in its proper place in order of your spirit man, then it's going to just take you wherever it wants to go. And that's when you'll wake up thinking, I bet she's cheating on me. (laughs) I'm not going to work today. This son's of a bitch is going to fire me anyway. Anyway. Some of you have apparently experienced yeah. that. Okay, so I'm at the bottom of that page and thinking about our day we may face indecision. How many of you have had that happen to you? A lot. Okay. How many of you have been at this recovery thing for a while and it still happens? Yes. Yeah, we don't outgrow indecision. Why would faith be such a highly prized substance if doubt wasn't in the mix? So, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here, we ask God for inspiration. Now, listen to what they said. At the point of indecision, not later, not after opinion shopping, here, at the point of indecision, we ask God, the power within me, for inspiration. How does an inspiration come? Yep, it says, an intuitive thought or decision. So they're telling you what prayer and meditation is—not sitting in a room banging a gong. You can do that if you want, but that's not AA meditation. AA meditation is on the fly, walking consciously with your Creator. When I face indecision, God inspire me, and it comes to me as an intuitive thought or decision. Handy little trick to know. Okay. And then it says we relax and take it easy. Why? Because we can and because sometimes we're demanding the answer quicker than we need it or we're getting an answer we think we can improve upon. So we need, we need to clear the slate a little bit because to his point, we now have that ability to pause. Yes? Okay. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. How many of you have started to have that surprise? How many of you have been surprised by the things that don't trouble you anymore that used to trouble you greatly? You think you did that on your own? Some people think that because no one tells them different. I know who I was. Anyway. What used to be the, the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. How do you like that promise? Used to happen infrequently. Now it's a working part of my walk. You know what that means? I walk in victory. Because I know who I am and whose I am. <laughs> Being still in experience and having just made conscious contact with God... It's not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. Why'd they warn us about that? Because we're junkies. We want to be inspired at all times. You think we get in the pickles we get in because we don't want to be inspired all the time? And that's not going to change. I want to be, that's what's going to cause me to go deeper. Okay, so it says. It says we might pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. How many of you because you got an inspiration, you acted in a way that was incomprehensible? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe the spirit's got you doing something everyone else thinks is crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Try opening a reentry center in the middle of Phoenix. Yeah. See how many people think you crazy. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. So guys, we get to walk in certainty that other people see as arrogance or or delusion, and the reality is, I know what I heard, and I'm walking into it. How many of you were here or somewhere around us and heard of that rumor of our imminent demise a few months ago? How many of you came here and found out we didn't look dead? We had 250 employees going in and we got 240 some employees going out. We never laid off and we never quit providing services even though they were telling you guys on the yard, nah, they're never gonna make it. And we came in here and said, you can't have my increase. You can't have my blessing. You can't have my peace. That's what we told. And here we all sit, celebrating. And you guys are the future. So do not, do not doubt. So it says we usually conclude the me- period of meditation with a prayer that will be shown all through the day what our next step is to be. So what did they tell me to do? Pray, meditate, Pray. Yeah, starting to sound like a conscious walk, isn't it? Okay, that we be given whatever we need to take, oh, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. So it's all about how I phrase the question. It's coming into the knowledge, it's all yours anyway, but if you don't need it, leave it for the one who does. Right? Okay. So we're careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. By this stage of our development, many of us have prayed for our circumstances to be removed. Anybody relate? How many of you didn't get your circumstances removed, but you were empowered to get through your circumstances? How many of you came out changed because you found out that some of your self-doubt, some of your self-loathing, your guilt, shame, and remorse went away as you were empowered to face your own consequences. That's what we learn in this manner of living, right? So I'm praying for the wrong thing. It's just pray for anything you want, but if it's there to prepare me, I don't want to get where I'm going and not be prepared. I did that enough in my life. So just give me the power to walk through the preparations. Does it make sense? Okay, so... Now you can all easily see why. Yeah? That's what they said. You can easily see why. Because we now are armed with the facts about ourselves. So if circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. So how would I know circumstances warrant? He or she would ask, or it would feel safe, or whatever, right? Okay? If we belong to a religious denomination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. So there are reasserting themselves. If you have a religious practice, do that, but don't replace your AA practice, add to it. Because your AA practice may not be the same as your religious practice, vice versa. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we've been discussing. What principles have we been discussing? Whatever, whatever lit you up tonight. How to observe without judgment. How to serve without expectation. How to, does it make sense? Yeah. Okay. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. They didn't say be quick to see that religious people are right, because they knew better. They said be quick to see where religious people are right. And understand that the people who wrote this book to a person, although they described the experience of the revelation of the Spirit through, them, through the 12 steps, none of them did the 12 steps. They did the five principles of the Oxford group, and then Bill needed to sell a book, so he broke it down into 12 for a lot of reasons, because he was a marketing guy, and they inserted the experience they had of the revelation of the Spirit as a result of those principles into here, and people have tried to make a workbook out of it ever since. But you can't understand this unless you've asked the religious people to see what their book says about the very strange experience that many of us have undergone. Yes? Okay. So then it says, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful. Any of you ever experienced agitation or doubt? Okay, so pause and ask for the right thought or action. So now we're going inward and we're asking this power for the right thought or action. And guys, don't get it twisted. Agitation may mean anger, but it also means a gentle stirring. So as you grow in this, the the agitator in your washing machine simply stirs the clothes to clean them. Pay attention to the gentle stirrings. It's often an opportunity to serve. Does that make sense? Okay. We constantly remind ourselves that we are no longer running the show, humbly saying ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. I promised you I would get there. At this stage of my consciousness, my awareness of being aware, I no longer live in the delusion that there is a will apart from God's. Show me what you would have me be. Right? Even if I'm disturbed, even if I'm troubled, Show me what you would have me be. Does that make sense? And then it says, we are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, worry, anger, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we're not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. And we'll end on this. It works. It really really does. Thank you very much.